You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> this is your announcer, Neil Patrick Harris. Welcome to the original theme park podcast, CoasterRadio.com. Here are your hosts, my close personal friends, Mike Collins and E.B. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the original Theme Park Podcast. You are listening to CoasterRadio.com. My name is Mike, and this week I usually say I'm here with my friend E.B., but we're here again with two friends, not only E.B., but also theme park expert Arthur Levine. That's right. Welcome, Arthur. Hey, great to be here. Always a joy to be with, uh, with the two of you. Yeah, and last week's show was so much fun. It was part one of our 2023 attraction preview and uh, a lot of people getting excited uh, for the summer and, and and some of the rides actually that we talked about already open. That's what's kind of cool about these days is that the parks are really expanding their operating schedule. Yeah, we talked about this at the beginning of last week where, you know, 2023 is going to be a really exciting year uh, for theme parks and roller coasters and, and all the attractions that are opening up. But yeah, more parks are open year round. We've had, you know, the Bush Parks and King's Dominion is, is, is trying to do year round now. Um, it's, it's really fun. And Arthur, you're the perfect person, of course, every year to come back to coasterradio.com to give us the annual preview episode of coasterradio.com it's a double episode this time around and we are a little bit late mike which is why some of these attractions have already opened but <laughs> arthur before we kick things off because we have a lot to get through just in case anybody out there is a first-time listener remind everybody who you are and and why you're here today to uh to to give us this attraction previews because you're you're a true expert a long long time expert arthur <laughs> a good friend of the show well well thanks for the for, for the nice introduction EB, I appreciate that. I am a theme parks journalist, and I have been doing this for over 30 years. Um, been doing it and been, been writing for all kinds of different publications and, and online uh, as well. Um, but most recently, I am now writing for my own Substack, which is about theme parks. And people can find me at aboutthemeparks.fun. That's F-U-N. And they can subscribe to my newsletter and get uh, twice a week my articles sent directly to their inbox. And I write about um, all of the parks and attractions and coasters and all the stuff that you guys talk about. And just as importantly, I've been a listener to Coaster Radio from the very beginning and uh, love what you guys do. And I'm so pleased and proud to be able to come on uh, the show once a year and, and, and join you for this preview. And here we are again doing it. Mm -hmm. And Arthur is such a, a member of the Coaster Radio family here. In fact, I think the statisticians did some research. And aside from me in EB, you have been on the most 
episodes of coasterradio.com. You you come in number three in terms of like <laughs> most appearances on the show. So that's pretty good. Yeah, beyond even the Joint Chiefs. Yeah, I think so. I think so now at this point. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that makes me sort of an honorary uh, member of the team here, which I'm which I'm thrilled to be. For yeah. sure. So great. So great. So let's jump back in because last week was such a great show. Uh, going after attraction after attraction. And one thing I thought maybe we could do here and think about this, like let's think at the end of the show out of all of the attractions that we are going to talk about last week and this week, which one would be your pick for what you think would be the attraction of the year when we get to the end of 2023? That's a hard one, I know. But I wonder if maybe maybe we even pick like one or two that could be it. But I'm just curious, like at the is end, that our, could... is that our personal favorite or what we think the consensus of the fan base is going to be? Oh, because, see, I can think of which ones I think I'm most excited for. But I know that it's not going to be what everybody else wants. Why don't we do that then? The, the, what we think our personal our one own, is, our and own then, one. Okay. But then also what you think the consensus might be. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, for each of us, we all like different things and different types of attractions. So. Yeah, it would be interesting to see what we're most looking forward to, but then what what are what are what is the the big group consensus going to be? I like okay. that. Good. All right. Yeah. So let's talk about it speaking of rides that I guess this is a ride that is soft opened. Uh it's it's a lot of people we're already seeing the point of view videos that are out there. We're already getting some type of reviews from people who have gone to uh team member previews and uh annual pass holder previews, I guess, but out at Universal Studios Hollywood, Mario Kart bowser's challenge finally uh we're getting to see it we've heard about this ride for years and uh it's really just an interesting ride something we haven't seen before yeah and and maybe before we jump into this i just wanted to jump on on your um what what you said earlier about how parks are extending their operating season of course universal studios hollywood is a is a year-round park and has been for years um but it's interesting to me that even at Universal, it, it seems a, a bit unusual for them to be opening an attraction so early in the season. Um, you know, it's, it's after the holidays, it's before spring break, it's before the summer season, but this is going to officially open in, in a couple of weeks. And, um, and there are other, um, there are other attractions that are also opening kind of in the off season, if you will, which, which I find, uh, interesting. And, um, I'm going to be there for the media preview for this. I'm, I'm going to be heading down next week, actually, to Universal. Can't wait to ride this. This will be the first major ride-through attraction to feature augmented reality. Um, you know, there's been some attempts at virtual reality, and they've, I think it's fair to say, have largely sort of failed. Um, that, that hasn't really quite been the um, gimmick that that uh, people would have hoped, I, I, I guess, in terms of attractions. But there's always been this this promise that maybe augmented reality would be the way to go, where it allows the viewer, the the passenger, the guest to see both the um, media that that's um, imposed on you know the the real world. So so there can be animatronics, there can be sets, there can be media beyond the uh, personal media that that uh, individuals are seeing via the augmented reality. And I think that the video game theme 
um, of, of Mario Kart is perfect for augmented reality. Um, you know, the idea of, of, of throwing shells and, you know, seeing the characters and all the kinds of things that, that you're used to seeing in video games makes perfect sense on a ride through attraction that has AR. And I can't wait to see what, what this is like. Um, there have been some attempts to try to show this on video and it's virtually impossible to do. I think it has to be personally experienced uh -huh. and I can't yeah. wait to do it. What, a couple of the things that um, maybe um, a little disappointed uh, th that I've heard is that this whole idea of the drifting, you know, that the vehicles would kind of drift like, like Mario Kart. From what I understand, it's really more just kind of a sort of a traditional dark ride, and the, the the vehicles don't really go fast. Although there's an attempt to make it appear that they are, and and there really is no drifting. Uh, uh, at least that that's what I've heard. Um, however, the idea of combining um, a video game with augmented reality with a ride through dark ride is very intriguing to me, and I can't wait to give it a try. Yeah, I'm really interested to see this for myself because, like you said, Arthur, I do not. Th this is one of those rides that a YouTube video isn't going to do it. Like, there's no way to really get the experience at all, and and that happens for so many rides. Like, we're seeing it on YouTube is not at all like what it is, but in this case, it's really not at all like what the real experience is. You need, especially to see that augmented reality. There's no way you can replicate that on a YouTube video. Absolutely. And um, also, apparently, there's a really extensive queue and um, very immersive. And this is, of course, the featured attraction at Super Nintendo World, which is uh, a slightly smaller version than the one it, that is in Japan. Um, and in, in addition to the attraction, there's all kinds of other um, all, all kinds of other Nintendo themed experiences throughout the land and uh, apparently there are like question mark blocks that you can punch and um, things happen you can collect coins and uh, of course there's a um, Super Nintendo world themed restaurant that has all kinds of uh, cool looking themed food and uh, so I, I'm really anxious to get get down there and see what what it feels like what it looks like and, and to experience it. Yeah, I think the whole thing is kind of interesting in in that aspect where they built out an entire land. I mean, it's not huge, but they still they built out this big section of the park. It has one ride, just one. Yeah. Everything else is just, you know, getting the crowd to to meander and wander. And it seems like maybe they've learned this lesson from from their Harry Potter stuff where, yeah, we can just build stuff and have people wander around and just sit and want to hang out. We don't have to build rides. <laughs> we just need to have one ride and then we can just have a big land where people sit on mushrooms and and look at thwomps all day. Yeah. Great. And you, you know what else Universal is so good at is kind of the upcharge things that you want to get. Like, it's not something you're like, oh, I'm, I feel bad. I have to get this. Like, you know, at Wizarding World of Harry Potter, the wands. You know, they actually do things around the area and like to buy the two park ticket in Orlando because you want to ride the Hogwarts Express and go from, you know, land to land with Harry Potter. But here with those uh, power up bands that they're selling, I that's a great idea because you can actually play the games with it's that. The, it's and, the same gimmick as the wands, right? In Harry yes. Potter, where you can, where you can interact with the objects and things. That's what Arthur, you know, Arthur, you're talking about the the hitting the question blocks or the thwomps that fall down and and uh, dealing with the inside the Toad restaurant. I think there's things that can happen also. Um, I don't know, but to me, it's just like Harry Potter. We need to stand behind the person that spent the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just watch him do it. 
<laughs> yeah, with this, though, I mean, it's cool to actually like keep score and all that type of stuff. So it's really neat. So I'm excited uh, to see this. I also found it very interesting how harsh people were on social media during the technical run throughs. Yeah, because they were they were finding faults left and right. And there were actual like people who have designed theme parks on there going, it's a technical run through. The land isn't ready yet. Like they're just like trying to get people through so they can fix things. It's but a beloved were... IP, Mike. Yeah. That's what is going to happen, right? When you, when, I don't know, when you but bring like... an IP to a park for the first time, people are yeah. going to be critical. Oh, social media. I know. But <laughs> what made me laugh is that there are these like fools out there on Twitter who are like fools. pointing out things that are wrong. And then when Universal fixes them, they're like, yeah, yeah, see, they fixed that because I pointed it out to them. Like, no, <laughs> that's not what happened. They were going to fix it anyway. It's a, a technical rehearsal. Like, I don't I think there are a lot of people out there who like to pat themselves on the back and make themselves feel bigger <laughs> than they are. You know, like, ay, 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 yeah. But all that stuff is entertaining to me when I see that type of thing. It's pretty funny. <laughs> well, that's a good that's attitude good. to take, I think. Yes, yes, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about uh, Kota Land. And I want to say, am I saying this right? Is it Kota, Kota Land? Land? Yeah, Kota okay, Land. there you go. Kota Land? Kota Land? It's the Circuit of the Americas. It's a racetrack. There it's a racetrack. So, and yeah. they had like a kiddie park. And now they're becoming legit because they're building Palindrome. And now we talked about that last week. And now Circuit Breaker. This is bonkers to me. Yes. Two like major roller coasters that are going to get a lot of attention. But... You need special roller coasters. I mean, they're not gigantic, neither of them, but they're really different. They're different. Yeah. And, and that's this important. Circuit Breaker roller coaster is going to be the one that all the grandmas are going to pass back and forth and say, would you ride this? <laughs> would you ride this? Because it looks so crazy. Broken. And, yeah, and we've seen it in Europe before, but now here's one in the United States. This is exciting. Yeah, we talked about this last week that there isn't really one headlining coaster that I think is going to sort of naturally rise to the, to the, to the top of the heap here. Um, Pipeline, the surf coaster is, is, is kind of interesting at SeaWorld Orlando. And I think the second one, you know, if I had to pick one might be circuit breaker. Um, it, 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 and again, it's the, it's that, it's that grandma feature, you know, that, <laughs> that tilt track yeah. is just kind of crazy. Um, we've seen, videos of it and and we've heard about the one that's in taiwan um the other uh vacoma uh coaster the the other vacoma till coaster um and but that was way back in 2002 this is apparently the the sort of the 2.0 version of it um and i did get to see i don't know if you guys saw this when you were at iapa but there was um a display and some some video. It might have been on the last day. Uh, I don't. It was. You were only there that one day, so I think. Uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I don't think they they actually did. Uh, they they actually showed this on the trade show floor until the very last day of of Iapi. So, so you might have missed it, but they they showed some really cool stuff, some models and and a video, and it looks like the tilt feature itself is much smoother, much faster. Um, so I think it's going to be kind of have, have more of an impact. Um, but you, you go up 131 feet, then you roll out onto that cantilevered track that just kind of ends in the middle of you, you like in midair. It looks yeah. like you're just going to go right off the edge. And then it, it looks like it drops down a, a full 90 degrees, um, hangs there for a few seconds, lets you go, and then you're going to rev up to 57 miles per hour. So this is a pretty substantial ride. But it once you get past the gimmick, it looks like the coaster itself 
you know, kind of still delivers. Um, you go into an underground tunnel. There are four inversions. Um, so it looks like it's going to be a, a heck of a lot of fun. And like you said, when it's um, when it's paired with um, with with the other ride with Palindrome, uh, this is going to be kind of a you know a, a one two knockout punch that I think will get a lot of coaster fans uh, over to Texas. Yeah, I'm really excited for this, and and just the 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 building up of this park so quickly with such amazing attractions. I mean, it's it's just going to draw people from all over. It's crazy. So it's a, it's a real destination for sure. I think. I mean, if I was going to go down to Texas and these two rides were open, I think I might get to this park before I even wanted to go to one of the Six Flags because of these two unique brand new rides. Absolutely. Next up on our list, uh, I love a good dark ride, and this this sounds like a fun one. It's a, a combo of uh, two great companies coming together, Sally and Daniel's Woodland, uh-huh. and uh, it's called Treasure Hunt. And I, I'm looking forward to this. It, this is going to be in California, and it looks like one of those great attractions that combines physical sets with screens, um, uh, kind of you know virtual and real uh, sets happening, uh, but a great dark ride shooter coming uh, to California. Yeah, and there's going to be some animatronics in there as well. And uh, you mentioned Sally Dark Rides, and they're known for their interactive, um, their interactive dark rides. And that this is what uh, that will be. It's going to be a pirate themed ride, apparently themed to pirates that actually used to be in the in the Monterey Bay area many many years ago. Um, what, what's interesting about this, kind of from a behind the scenes sort of um, you know inside the industry um, view. Uh, viewpoint is that not only is Sally Dock Rides and Daniels Woodland partnering to create this and build this, uh, but they're going to own it. They're actually going to own and operate it, um, which is which is kind of interesting. It's not it's not something we see uh, often. It's we we have seen this before, but um, this is um, this is something that that is a little bit unique. Yeah, well, and it's interesting. We it's not in a park at all. This is just in the tourist district there, um, in Monterey, California, in the the Cannery Row district, where there's hotels and attractions and restaurants and things like that. So it's it's its own thing, I guess. Is it going into the? I I think I read it's going into the old wax museum that shut down or something like that, or the old theater that's there. Um, the and the Daniels Woodland guys, those are those are the. Uh, if you aren't familiar with that name, recall the uh, the old. Uh, what was it? The Treehouse Reality Show, right? Weren't there? Weren't, wasn't that those guys? And they do amazing, amazing work. So this is going to be really cool to see the physical sets that they're going to be putting into this thing. I think people are going to be really drawn to it. And it's because they own it, like you're saying there, Arthur, they got to have an eye on the idea of franchising this thing out and, and opening it up in, in similar touristy locations around. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. And you're also right about Daniel's Woodland. They do beautiful scenic work. Um, and they apparently also operate a shooting gallery uh, at mm-hmm. Cannery Row. So uh, they, they have already kind of dipped their toes into the um, designer, owner, operator uh, model. I love the standalone dark rides. Like I, I like it when you just go to a tourist district and you find just oh drop a dark ride and here. you go in and do it. Yeah, yeah. There was one in San Antonio that surprised me. There's one in Virginia Beach that actually the Virginia Beach one. I remember when that was on sale, the owner was selling it everything, like the entire location, uh, all the stuff, the dark ride vehicles, the machinery, 
the ride system, the props, all for two hundred grand. <laughs> Great. And, and I you started thought, thinking, let's see, if I sell my house and I sleep in the dark ride. <laughs> That's right. If I, I can just put a cot down in the basement and I'm boom. I'm running my own dark ride in Virginia Beach. So nice. Yes. <laughs> One of the things that we're trying to do here with this week is uh, kind of like last week, go back and forth. So you're going to get a, uh, a, a dark ride or a, you know some other type of attraction and then a roller coaster. So you'll see us kind of going back and forth here. So it's time for a roller coaster. Uh, Dollywood has a fantastic collection of roller coasters there and looks to be adding another one. Uh, again, kind of like we talked about last week where uh, parks like uh, SeaWorld and Florida are really like building up, you know, rides for the family, and then it slowly gets bigger and bigger and bigger till you get to the gigantic rides. Here's a good one uh, that's, you know, not necessarily a little family coaster. It's kind of the next step up, but it's called Big Bear Mountain. Yeah, and it it, it look it looks like it's really uh, going to be a, a great ride. Um, and and again, I, I keep talking about IAPA because you guys finally got out there. But did you yeah. did you get a chance to see the the uh, the car from? from Dollywood uh, on the floor there. Yeah, because you're out exploring, looking for the big bear, right? So it's like a Jeep. It's like an off-road vehicle. Exactly, exactly. And it's yep. going to have onboard audio, and you're going to hear uh, the transmission of, of some some wildlife expert or something who's looking for this big bear. I guess that's, that's the whole idea of it. Uh, at 4,000 feet, this is going to be the longest coaster, actually, uh-huh. at Dollywood. And um, it will be a, a launch coaster. This will be the third launch coaster at at the park. And like you said, Mike, it's, you know, it, it falls into that really kind of sweet category of a, of a, of a family ride. Um, it's going to reach a top speed of 48 miles per hour. It's only going to be 66 feet tall, but I think those launches are going to give it enough, uh, you know, to be enough of a thrill factor that even, uh, you know, coaster fans of, of, of all stripes are, are going to want to ride this as well as little kids. Uh, so it, it, it kind of, kind of hits that sweet spot. And um, I, I love the looks of, of the trains. This is going to be in the Wildwood Grove area of the park, which is this this really nice family-themed area at Dollywood. And, and you know, Dollywood in, in, in general kind of hits that sweet spot, if you will, if I can use that, that same expression. It's... Um, it, it, it's a regional park, but it's more than a regional park. It's kind of somewhere in between maybe a, 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 a more typical regional park and the destination parks, although really in its own right, it's becoming a destination park. It already has one hotel. It's building a second one. It has a, a water park as well. Um, so, you know, it, it really is kind of becoming uh, a, a destination resort. And, um uh, looking forward to checking this out. This is another one that I hope to get to this year. I have an awful lot of traveling to, to do this year, um, but, mm-hmm. I, but I do plan to make it out to Dollywood and ride Big Bear Mountain. Yeah, that um, the Wildwood Grove, my si- my sister was just down there um, the, over the winter, and she said it was just so impressive and so much fun. She's got small kids. I have not been down to Dollywood since the Wildwood Grove opened. It, it, it's the um, it's the 2022 Best Kids Area Golden Ticket winner. So it's supposedly really, really exciting and really cool for kids. Have you been down to, to see Wildwood Grove yet, um, Arthur? I have not. I have not. The last time I was okay. there was prior to the opening of, of Wildwood Grove. So Yeah, same here. So I'm looking forward to it yeah me too me too yeah and nobody does uh terrain coasters 
better than Dollywood. I, I love how they do that. And this is another example. Oh, it's going to go through rock work and waterfalls and the whole thing. It's going to yeah. be really cool, I think. And that's so going to add to the speed. I mean, it's not it's not the tallest. It's not the fastest. But I think it's going to be it might be the most fun coaster in the park. I know. Looks great. And like you said, Arthur, the longest one, too. That's really cool. So I am a sucker for flume rides. I love them, man. I, I and especially ones that are are well themed. Uh, the ones that tell a story are great. I love the one at Knott's Berry Farm. So cool. Uh, but it, there hasn't really been any great innovations in flume rides in a long time. You know, it's kind of the the same old thing. Except now, look at this. This is going to be interesting, and I'm wondering if this is going to work. It's the <laughs> innovation at SeaWorld San Antonio Catapult Falls. Tell us what this is all about, Arthur. Yeah, what's gonna what's the big That's innovation? A good question. Right. They're kind of calling this a, a coaster, uh, which I I. I debating whether it, they really can legitimately call this a coaster. Um, but whatever it is, it does look kind of interesting. Um, it is going to have um, a, a bit of a launch. It's only going to reach a, a top speed of 20 miles per hour on that launch. Uh, and the way that, that it's going to launch, it's going to use kind of a conveyor belt system. If you think of like the checkout belt at the grocery store, but on steroids, that's kind of like what's going to get these, these uh, eight passenger boats revved up. Um, but again, we're only talking about 20 miles an hour. So it's not like it's you know going to totally take your breath away. Um, but beyond that, it looks like it's kind of cool. It's going to have a 55 foot vertical lift and, um, and then a 53 uh, degree drop, which is pretty extensive for for a uh, you know a, a flume ride, um, breaks a yeah. record. I think it's going to be the steepest, isn't it? I, I, I think believe so. you're right. I believe you're right. Yeah. So you know it's it's kind of somewhere in between a log flume and a shoot the shoots, uh, and then it's got this crazy conveyor belt contraption thrown in. So uh, uh, kind of an, an interesting looking new ride. Yeah, we'll see. And this is another one where I feel like if, if it works, maybe we'll see parks replacing their flumes because we've seen a lot of parks taking their flumes out, but we're not getting new ones. So if this is possibly a new flume that is going to work and is exciting and people want it, um, that would be great. Because, Mike, like like you said, I, I love a good flume ride, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to see the reaction to this. Because, yeah, it's, it's, we haven't seen anything like this before. Sure, and, it, and a vertical lift, that's kind of neat. Is this the oh, only, yeah. I, and I think that was another one. Is It's the only vertical lift um, flume ride, at least in the United States, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I love a good vertical lift. Well, th- th- I, that's yeah. not true. I mean, th- there is a flume ride at SeaWorld Orlando that also has a vertical lift. And I believe there's one at, um, at uh, Silver Dollar City as well. But I, I think the record that they're claiming is that it's the only – Again, they, they they threw the word coaster in there. The only coaster the world's flume. first launched <laughs> flume ride with a vertical lift. So there's okay, I get it. Now. Yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> it's it's the launched part that, uh, but really it's the only launch flume ride. Period. I think. Never mind with the vertical lift. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> Those PR guys are tricky. They're tricky. They are. Sure. They are. And I, and I feel like it's my job to kind of decode Arthur what the heck they're good. talking about. Good. Good. <laughs> Okay. All right. I love it. So, yeah, the other thing I remember earlier uh, in, in the year, uh, last year, EB and I sort of differed on our opinion on the original Wildcat at Hershey Park. I think we like one, like EB, I was saying I kind of liked it. I think you said when you wrote it, you never wanted to ride it again. No reason kinda, to. It's all the way in the back of the park. And, and Hershey was like, well, we need a reason to get people to walk to the back of the park again. And so that's what they're doing. They're going to RMC Wildcat. But that's right. I don't know, Arthur, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to hear what you think, Arthur. Are we facing RMC fatigue? Because Hershey needs an RMC because every park needs an RMC. But is it just becoming 
just another RMC. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, there can never be too many RMC coasters. Okay, good. I, I virtually love every single thing that they've done. Uh, I haven't been on every, I haven't experienced every single coaster that they've created, but every one that I have been on, and I've been on quite a few of them, I absolutely adore. And uh -huh. I anticipate loving Wildcat's Revenge as well. This won't be uh, sort of a more extreme um, hyper coaster like RMC iBox coaster like they were that like they did with Iron Gwazi and with Steel Vengeance. This is more like the original iBox coasters um, at uh, Six Flags Over Texas and at Six Flags Fiesta Texas. Um, they're going to take the original Wildcat, which was a hundred and six foot tall coaster, and raise it up to one hundred and forty feet, which is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, and it's going to have an eighty-two degree drop. It's going to hit sixty-two miles per hour. Uh, so a really substantial coaster. And of course, it's going to have a zero G roll because every new coaster has to have a zero G roll. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And it's also going to have what they're calling the world's largest uh, underflip, which I get a big kick out of these, these coaster terms. Um, I keep thinking when I hear the word underflip of, uh, you guys are probably too young to know the reference I'm going to make here, but I, I was going to say like Marlo Thomas, uh, circa that girl of, of 1960s had a, a beautiful underflip in her hair. So <laughs> I know what you're saying. Yep, yep, sure. yep. Nobody else knows what I'm talking about, but you'll Google Marlo Thomas, 1960s. You'll be <laughs> there you go. There you go. You see it. But she's uh, got the RMC haircut. I, I was going to say Hershey Park recently released a full length POV, uh, animated POV of the ride. And it shows that world's largest underflip that follows the first drop. And it looks pretty wild. I got to say for all my joking about it. Yeah. For some reason, I wasn't that excited for this ride until I saw the POV. And then I was like, wait a minute, this actually looks like it's going to be kind of fun. And it's amazing what they did with the old structure. I mean, that's, that's kind of cool. What RMC does is, you know, they take the old structure, do something completely different. Like that's what I thought about iron Gwazi. Like how crazy that was, what they did. It is with, fun. Yeah, yeah. Most of the, most of these RMC conversions, they leave enough of the old coaster behind. Um, Storm Chaser at Kentucky Kingdom, I think is one of the best examples of that, where you can totally see what the coaster used to do. Um, yep. and, and, and it, they leave it all behind. And I just think that's kind of neat. And so, yeah, we'll see that. We'll see if that happens with a wildcat. It, it was in the rendering. It was, and, and when you see the construction photos, it looks like there's even still old track underneath the new track. Yeah. Right. Right. Crazy. Mike, crazy. I want to get back to what you were saying about RMC fatigue. I'm just curious how many RMC coasters you've been on and, and whether you personally feel like maybe, you know, that's enough with these RMC conversions. Oh, EB, you were saying about the fatigue. So what, well, you, I will. Yeah. I, yeah. So, I mean, I know Mike hasn't written it near that many, but um, I, I don't know if it's, I, I think I agree with you, Arthur, that. I love an RMC coaster. I have no complaints about RMC coasters. Everyone that I've ridden, I really don't have much complaints about. They're typically one of the better coasters in every park. But I'm just wondering if we should get super excited about it, right? Like, I remember when RMC coasters were first coming out, and it was like, everybody, we got to get up to the park. and We got to ride, you know, Goliath up at Six Flags. We got to get down and ride, you know, the Texas Giant. We got to go ride these RMC coasters. They're crazy. Like, I don't need to go ride Wildcat. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to make a make the make this a special trip to get to Hershey Park to ride it because I feel like it's something that I, you know, it's, it's like if B&M built another hyper coaster, I don't have to go across the country to ride it. There's enough mm. of them. And I've and I've experienced enough. of them. That doesn't mean they're not fantastic and they're excellent coasters. 
Yeah, I, I guess I understand still, what you're saying. It doesn't make me excited anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I also believe that what they're going to do at Hershey Park is what they've done at virtually every other park, which is take a coaster that was um, a take-it-or-leave-it coaster, as, as you guys just said, and turn it into one of the headliners, if not the best coaster at the park. Yeah, uh, and, and, that's, and that's saying a lot for Hershey Park. Yeah, and if Hershey is your home park, then this is a really, really big deal, right? Right. I'll yeah. definitely, I'll definitely say that. So, and and so anybody who gets an RMC at their home park or at a park that they frequent, yeah, it's totally a big deal. I'm just saying, as an enthusiast who rides a lot and travels to ride, it, it, I'm not, it's not, you know, getting it for me anymore. Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. Though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to get back to Hershey Park. I, I wanted to go when Candemonium opened, but then. It was actually it'd be your review of Candemonium that made me say, ah, oh, maybe I'll wait. Well, that's, well, that's a great that's a great example of like, well, here's a a, a really good B and M roller coaster. You've ridden this same ride several times before, <laughs> and, and, and it's I great. Guess- it's great that Hershey's got it. Candemonium is a great addition to the park, and people who get to ride Candemonium, if Hershey's your home park, awesome. But nobody needs to make a special trip because yeah. you've ridden it before. And I feel like I've probably ridden something close enough to Wildcat. Um, you know, before that, I don't necessarily need to go do that. I can go to like a half a dozen other parks that are a lot closer to me and ride another arm. Yeah, I, I guess in terms of the novelty, I understand what you're saying. It's not novel anymore, but it still has the potential to be uh, just a, a wildly wonderful coaster. And a great investment and a, a very wise choice for, for Hershey to do this. And so I'm not saying that parks should not be putting in RMCs because they absolutely they should. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Well, here's our next one. It's not as far away as going to Hershey for you, but going to Indiana Beach. Will you be going there for the their newish garbage coaster? roller coasters? Yeah. <laughs> the American dryer looping. Are you, will you be excited to go check that out? I, anytime that you can rescue a roller, this is the same thing as an RMC, right? So you take this this garbage roller coaster of Wildcat <laughs> and you make it into something special. Well, um, Staples, Gene Staples, literally rescued this roller coaster from the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and he's building it at, at, at a park that I would consider to be one of my home parks here in Indiana. Um, I love these dryer loopings. I've ridden a couple of them and they're weird and they're intense and they're fun. And the fact that it's old and it's becoming more and more rare to be able to experience these. I'm happy to have it at my home park. Yeah. Yeah. The Schwarzkopf roller coasters. I mean, uh-huh. fewer and fewer so cool. out there. Yeah. yeah, we just lost Mindbender at Galaxyland. So yes, they're, yeah. they're becoming fewer and fewer. What I find interesting about this is there are a number of coasters that have really high positive G-forces, one of which is um, Goliath at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Another one is Titan, which is uh, at Six Flags uh, over Texas. Um, that has these, you know, double, sometimes I think triple helixes and really high G forces that are sustained. And I start graying out and I just can't handle it and I don't enjoy it and I'll never go on them again. But I do find that the Schwarzkopf coasters, uh, such as Shockwave at Six Flags over Texas, um, I'm fine with. And I, I believe I would be fine with American dryer looping, uh, as well. I love these old school Schwarzkopf coasters and I think it's it's great that that it has been saved from uh, from oblivion and and that it will be resurrected. Yeah, I think the first Schwarzkopf um, that I that I rode was at Frontier City in Oklahoma, and I just really enjoyed um, that roller coaster because it feels it doesn't feel like you're getting on a, a a machine that was designed to be a ride. It feels like you're getting on a machine and you're just 
maybe we should ride this machine because it just feels so raw and there's metal all around you and it's just right there on the ground and you're so close to the ground and the forces are so intense. The whole thing is so compact. Um, it just really feels like you're strapping yourself into a machine and giving yourself up to the mercy of it. It's not something <laughs> where it's like, this was designed for enjoyment. Like a, <laughs> No, it was not designed for that. This was designed to strap you into a metal can and then roll you down this track. And of course, this goes back to 19, 19- 1984, it was the first coaster with three vertical loops. I'm pretty sure this is in the days before computer-aided design, so mm-hmm. it, they, they, were just, it. they were just kind of winging it, I think, when they put these things together. Yep, yeah. absolutely. And you, and it feels like that, too. It's like, oh, that wasn't supposed to be like that, but okay, I survived it. You have to... You it, This is a ride, I think. You say it's not as bad as some of the rides where you're gray out and things like that. I do not like that experience, either. Um, I know some enthusiasts chase that, but no, that's not for me. You This ride, you do experience the sensation of the forcefulness um and you really are at the mercy of the ride um but in a really good way that i really enjoy so again this is a garbage ride but i'm really happy it's going into a park <laughs> that i can get to quickly i'm excited for you to ride it man i'm excited for that review yeah, here on yeah, Coast radio yeah. it's gonna be good uh, we got one more here before the break and it's one we talked about on last week's show but it was really more part of arthur's review of disney 100 uh, Arthur, when you went there to Disneyland to check it out. So we really didn't talk about it in terms of, you know, what type of attraction for 2023 it will be. And of course, we're talking about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Uh, of course, it already is at Disney's Hollywood Studios, but this is the one at Disneyland Park in Toontown. Yeah, and it's virtually the same as the one at the one in Florida, um, with the exception of the queue. And as I said last week, the queue is is so well done. Um, it is the pretense is that Minnie Mouse and her Toontown Hysterical Society has put together a uh, an exhibit. Uh, showcasing Mickey Mouse's career, and because this is in Toontown, you ha- you kind of have to go with the with, with the flow, with the logic. But they have props from many of Mickey's cartoons and and his features uh, in the queue that you can see, um, and it's it's really cute and really well done. Uh, but the ride itself is is great. Um, it, um, it it features trackless vehicles. Um, it uses um, projection mapping to great effect with on these enormous screens. And um, I believe that I think EB you've, you've actually had the opportunity to ride this one in Florida, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It was a lot of fun, but it, but the queue line is what's so different. Yeah. Right, right. And, uh, but, but, but the ride itself is, is, is just great. I think it's a great example of combining projection mapping with, with a dark ride with trackless vehicles. Uh, you, you put the, those three together as well as the practical sets and, and all the other things that are in there. And it's, it's one heck of a ride. Well, and it's goofy too, right? I mean, not no pun intended, but it's it's the the ride experience is silly. The plot is incoherent, and you just kind of meander from scene to scene. I mean, the the, the train goes off the tracks, and you go on sort of an adventure, um, and then inexplicably end up in a dance studio for one part of it. But it, it's it's just a lot of fun, and I feel like the silliness of it um, is is just the right tone for a ride based on Mickey and Minnie, especially the new versions of the, the Mickey and Minnie and the classic characters that Disney is, is kind of pushing now. Right. What it, these- it, it's based on the, the, the those uh, the, the anarchy of the Mickey shorts that are that are on uh, on the Disney Channel now. And I, I love it as well. It's got that retro pie-eyed Mickey, but he's kind of got this new age energy and uh, does all <laughs> these wacky things. And yes, the ride really captures the spirit of the shorts, I think, in, in, a, in a really fun way. 
Yeah, I'm excited to get down to either Disneyland or Disney World to ride that. That's that's one that I uh, feel bad that I missed on the last trip to Florida. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. might be time to head to Disneyland again. It's been a long time, man. It's fun. Well, and, and I think it's so cool how different the Disneyland one is with the whole you know museum setup and that sort of thing at the beginning. Um, that seems really cool to me. I'd like to I'd like to go see that. Yeah. 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 Well, look, it is time to take a break and pay the bills. But when we come back, we've got we still got more rides. There's still more rides coming in 2023, including some big ones like Zambezi Zinger at Worlds of Fun, Mission Mission Ferrari at Ferrari World and Abu Dhabi. And the one that I'm excited to talk about, Aquaman Power Wave. I'm, I've been excited <laughs> for this ride for years. We're finally getting it in 2023. So this is our 2023 attraction preview. More of it coming up right after this. This is CoasterRadio.com. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome back, everybody, to the original Theme Park Podcast. You are listening to CoasterRadio.com. My name is Mike. I am here with E.B. and Arthur going through a gigantic list of 2023 attractions. I mean, it's so great to be back where we have more rides than we have time to talk about them. You know, like in, in the past couple of years, we were able to do this in maybe a half a show uh, of 2023. We need two episodes of the podcast to get through them all. Yeah. And, and, and so many of these rides are late. I think that's why we're piling so many in here. Um, that's kind of a fun thing too, is that uh, we're, we're getting the backlog. We've, we missed a bunch of rides opening during the pandemic and we're catching up. I feel like it's a catch up year, which, which yeah. was why we have so many. That, that's true. There are uh, quite a few rides that were supposed to open earlier in the pandemic kind of messed every Everything up. However, there are quite a few brand new rides as well. And uh, as I said last week, I think that speaks well for the industry. I think that mm-hmm. kind of looking post pandemic here and looking at um, attendance and looking at uh, revenue, I, I think parks are, are, are a bit bullish and they're spending, they're opening up their wallets and spending money and putting in some great new attractions. So I think that's great for the parks and it's great for park fans. And one of the fun things about doing these two shows this year, you know, looking ahead at all the attractions for the next year, are how many of them were at IAPA in terms of like the ride vehicles and, uh, you know, even some of the animatronics for some of these things. So it's kind of cool to be, have to be able to see those ahead of time uh, for the first time ever, like to actually really see, uh, you know, some like, for instance, the first one coming up here that we're going to talk about Hot Wheels Twin Mill Racer at the Mattel Adventure Park in Arizona. EB, you and I got to see that that actual ride vehicle, and I didn't think much of this attraction again until I saw the ride vehicle and saw how cool it looked. Well, did we see the Bone Shaker ride or did we see the Twin Mill Racer ride? Because I'm not sure which is which now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm not sure, but whatever I saw that was going to that park, it looked good. But both of these is really interesting. I mean, this is a this is a whole new park that we're getting right with the Barbie Dream House, and it's got Thomas the Tank Engine Land, it's got Castle Grayskull Laser Tag in, in this gigantic resort complex. Now, Arthur, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember when this was announced. The goal was to get this whole resort and the Mattel Adventure Park open in time for the Super Bowl, which is in Arizona. And obviously, they're going to miss that mark because if you look at the the Mattel Adventure Park website, they've got a construction cam 
is they're still pushing around dirt. Yeah, it was supposed to open early this year. Even late last year was was the kind of the original plan. Uh, but it's it looks like it's going to be later in 2023. But they are making progress, as you can see on the construction cam. And this is um, another trend that we were talking about last week. This is yet another micro park uh, geared at a pretty young demographic. Um, so uh, w- once again, uh, a brand new from. Uh, you know, up from the ground park that will um, kind of play into this micro park theme where um, folks who will be visiting it will be able to experience it over a, the course of, you know, maybe a few hours rather than having to, to devote an, an entire day. Um, so I, I, I don't really know that we can talk specifically about the Hot Wheels Twin Mill Racer because there's very few details available mm-hmm. about about the park. And like you said, we saw those vehicles. I can't remember which which ride that was for either. What I do know is that there's going to be two Hot Wheels themed coasters at this park. Um, and both of which will be, um, you know, they're not going to be high thrill coasters. We're talking about a relatively young, uh, young, a family, uh, they're gearing it for a family crowd. So I'm, I'm guessing that the height requirement will be fairly low and the thrill element will probably not be all that great. Most of the park is going to be indoors. Uh, which makes sense in Arizona. And in addition to the two coasters uh, and in, in addition to the Hot Wheels theming, there's going to be um, lands uh, devoted to Thomas the Tank Engine and there's going to be a Thomas the Tank Engine ride. Uh, you mentioned Barbie. There's going to be a flying theater uh, where you get to experience the world of, of Barbie. Uh, in addition to those coasters, there's going to be a 4D uh, motion simulation theater, I believe, that will uh, also have the Hot Wheels theme. So there are a number of different uh, IPs that they're going to be um, using here. And um, it will be yet another uh, a brand new park for us to experience, which which is great. And, and as you said, uh, EB, it's also going to be attached to a, a very large resort. Uh, there's going to be 1,200 luxury suites. There's going to be this huge sandy beach in the middle of Arizona. I'm not sure how they're doing that, but that's what they've got. There's going to be a concert stage. Um, and, and so it's going to be this, this big 60-acre um, kind of entertainment uh, resort uh, that uh, at its uh, center, we'll have this Mattel Adventure Park. Yeah, and I don't know, unless you're a, a super fan of the brands, unless you really are dying to do a He-Man laser tag or go and play on a, a, a Hasbro board games uh, playground, I don't necessarily think this is a destination park. The one coaster, I think one is going to be more of the family coaster. The other one is going to be a, a, a Chance Hyper GTX, which is the same as Kentucky Kingdom's Lightning Run, um, yeah. except it is we've seen in the renderings. It's going to have inversions. Um, it's going to be indoor-outdoor I think is what we we know so far, but we don't know details. I think that's going to be the most thrilling thing, and that's nothing all that special, I feel like, to make this a destination, unless you really, really feel like you need to go to the Barbie Dreamhouse and go up to that top-level <laughs> penthouse where they are going to be serving Barbie-themed cocktails, which there sounds like a go. good time. <laughs> so that might be why you need to go. Yeah, I don't know that there's going to be a Coaster Radio meetup anytime soon at Mattel Adventure mm. Park, but I think if you're a family with young children, I think that this would be a great destination for you. Sure, yeah. absolutely. It looks like fun. And we went through a dry spell here in the United States with no new ground-up theme parks uh, being built. And now we've got a couple. So that's, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, we, and we've had people on this show over the years who had great ideas for parks, but uh, never 
brought them to fruition. So it's it's great to see some of these work. Fortunately, the folks from Mattel Adventure Park didn't come on Coaster Radio, so yeah. and have the curse <laughs> that was it. put that, upon them. It's it's the kiss of death <laughs> if you come on here with an idea. It doesn't happen, but we'll see. Uh, so one attraction here that's next, I almost didn't put it on the list because it's not a ride. Uh, it's more of an interactive trail. It's a walkthrough type thing. Uh, but it's at Epcot. It's called Journey of Water. And uh, it looks interesting. So I wanted to put it on here because it's it's different for Epcot. Uh, they, they don't really have many walkthrough attractions in the Disney parks, but uh, especially here in the States. But this is going to be one. Yeah, and Epcot, as as you guys know, has been going through a tremendous transformation. Uh, they took the whole front of the park, the the former Future World, and kind of divided it up. This um, journey of water is going to be in what they're called calling the World Nature uh, Land, which is which will which will be new, carved out of that that former Future World, and. The as you said, it's going to be a walkthrough experience. Um, have all kinds of water elements. I believe there's going to be, you know, kind of what you would find in a splash pad. There'll be opportunities, I think, for kids to to get wet and have fun with with the water. Um, poking up above the construction walls, you can see that Tafiti uh, topiary that looks quite intriguing from you know from from Moana. Um, and apparently there's going to be music will play an important role. Obviously music was a, was an important part of, uh, of Moana, the film, and it will be a uh, part of this, uh, this walkthrough experience as well. Um, I don't really quite know to, what to make of it either. Uh, I am interested to see what it's all about. Um, you know, not an e-ticket ride by any stretch of the imagination, but still something um, that should be interesting. And I think, you know, kind of a nice diversion, at Epcot. Yeah. And it actually tells the story of water, you know, going from the ocean. Oh, the, the, the water cycle. It is educational, Mike. Yeah. So it is. It kind of goes back <laughs> to old school Epcot, even though it does have the IP in there. Well, that's all right. You know, so well, I'm, I'm curious. Well, that's going to be interesting. Epcot vibe, right. Is to be educational. There you go. It's there you good. go. Uh, back to a new roller coaster coming to Worlds of Fun in Missouri. They're going to like this. The Zambezi Zinger. And the cool thing about it, it's kind of a little bit of a throwback, isn't it? Yeah, it goes back to the original, another Schwarzkopf. Uh, it was uh, in 1973, the original uh, Zambezi Zinger. Um, there aren't hardly any of these um, spiral lift Schwarzkopf coasters left anymore. There still is Whizzer at Six Flags Great America, which I had the chance to uh, to ride. Really intriguing ride. And I, I think it's great that... Um, We've got um, uh, we've got uh, a, a new version of it. In, instead of it being a steel coaster, this is going to be a wood coaster. Although yeah. it's going to have um, uh, parts of it will have the new Titan track that GCI and Skyline uh, ha- has developed. So uh, that spiral lift, for example, will be Titan track. And for folks who don't know what Titan track is, it's, it's kind of similar to, uh, RMC's iBox track. Well, it, it will be steel. It'll be flat on top, not tubular steel. So it's, it's very similar to iBox. What makes it different is that instead of having welds, it's rivet based. Uh, I don't know exactly what that means in terms of, you know, the ride experience itself, but apparently this is going to make it much easier for parks to maintain. Uh, so that's good. It, it should lead to, you know, less downtime. Um, and uh, Zambezi Zinger looks like it's going to be, like you said, for folks who 
have grown up with this park and uh, you know, it'll, it'll be a nice callback, a nice throwback to this, this classic beloved ride, but with a whole new, uh, a whole new experience because it's going to be a wood coaster, but also featuring this, this Titan track. So looks like a great ride. It's not, Again, not a high thrill ride. It only goes 45 miles per hour. Um, there are no inversions on this. Um, but it's another thing too. It's going to have, uh, GCI's infinity flyer trains. Uh, so mm-hmm. between the Titan track and the infinity flyer trains, I have a feeling it's going to be quite smooth. And, uh, so that'll be a nice feature of this as well. Well, and the maneuvers those Infinity Flyer trains can do. I, th- I think we see that in the in the the POVs that have come out. The the weirdness of this uh, spiral lift, and then I think the fact that this is a, a real terrain coaster that's going to be um, again not not fast like you said, Arthur, forty five miles an hour. But I think when you watch the POV and you see how the maneuvers this thing is going to be doing, um, this might be a favorite of a fan favorite for coaster enthusiasts. Yeah, and again, it hits that sweet spot. You know, it's it's a coaster that. Um, aspiring coaster freaks will will be able to uh it's kind of a gateway coaster if you will yeah uh-huh. which is nice which is nice i i think it's great that parks are building more of these family coasters um that not only provide an opportunity for younger kids to get on something a little more thrilling than uh than some of the kiddie coasters but also you know adults can go on and, and have a lot of fun as well Mm-hmm. Another ride that's coming up that I'm pretty excited about. I, I love the dark rides. And this is, again, we saw it at IAPA. We saw this horrifying looking witch. And they were <laughs> talking about uh, the haunted hotel at Funtown Splashtown in Maine. But I remember seeing this witch animatronic and it looked so good. And so if that's just one piece of what's going to be in this dark ride, I'm looking forward to it. This is in my neck of the woods in New England. Uh, Funtown Splashtown is this very small family park uh, in Maine, kind of near Old Orchard Beach. And, um, and, and it's great that they're getting their first dark ride. This is going to be uh, based on the Whispering Pines Hotel. Um, and as you said, it has a witch theme. And we got to see the witch animatronic uh, at, at IAPA. And it'll be, again, a Sally dark ride. Uh, interactive people are going to be issued curse eradicators. That's, that's what they're calling. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they're calling the, the, the shooters on this. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be a, a great addition to the park. And I will definitely be heading up there to check this out. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a day trip for me. Yeah, I, I think it looks like fun. It reminds me, of course, of all of the other Sally Dark Ride shooters with the the black light and some of the animatronics. And some of this stuff is going to be flat, but they're touting it as a, a unique storyline and su- surprises in store. So maybe it's going to be more than just another uh, another Sally ghost shooter. Yeah, and, and of course, here in New England, we can kind of lay claim to to witches. That's kind of our thing. So, yeah. so this kind of makes sense. Sure. Cool. <laughs> yeah. At Six Flags Fiesta, Texas, uh, they're getting the first of these Paschetti Bowls. Am I saying that right? I, that my kids it's don't the say that. Yeah, 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 the Paschetti Bowl. That looks fun. I know it's a kid's ride, but it's fun. And am I right? They went ahead and also purchased the lighting package for this, right? So it's going to have lighting on the It's going to look really cool. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that Aurora, what they're calling the Aurora LED package looks really, really cool. And again, it's so it's so great that I can reference IAP. I hope people aren't getting bored with it. I keep bringing it up, but but you were there this year, so I don't have to explain everything. You, I'm, I hope you got to see the Skyline booth and you you saw the, the LED model that they had, the Aurora LED lighting package model that they had. It's very, very cool looking. Um, and 
and and to, to to try and explain it a little bit, the lights will be across the entire length of the single rail track that these will ride on, and can be programmed so that I think you know for different times of year they can use different lighting schemes and 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 uh, I think there's even a way to perhaps include. Um, text so they can reference, I don't know, possibly advertisers or maybe messages of some sort. Um, so that's going to be a really intriguing factor. This will be one of those rides that I think will be as much fun to watch as it will to ride. And yes, it's just going to be a, a, a kiddie coaster. Um, it's um, not going to be particularly tall. I think it's like 25 feet tall, um, but should be um, should be a great addition to uh, to the park and and uh, I'm really kind of um, I'm really kind of um, hoping that um, that Skyline has a real has a real hit here because uh, I, I I love the folks over there and I, I think they're real innovative and I'm glad that they came up with this intriguing new concept um, that's aimed at this this you know children's um family coaster market that um maybe is kind of under underutilized so uh, i think it's great yeah. for them to be doing this it, it looks like so much fun i think and, and the lighting package is going to be really interesting to see a, an entire coaster track that's lighting up along the way i mean we've seen lights on coasters we've seen we've seen you know coasters with lighting packages i'm thinking of like hang time at knott's berry farm but nothing like this where it's actual giant led light panels that can do the full animations and things like that so even though it's a kitty coaster i'm excited about this it's also coming to six flags over georgia and i'm i'm with you arthur i hope this is a hit because i hope that six flags has like the option and ready to pull the trigger on these if there is success to put them into all of the six flags parks because i think they're just so much fun yeah and and you know the announcements for these came pretty late so i think that um I, I have a feeling that maybe they're sort of priced right and uh, they're kind of priced to move maybe. And it seems like Skyline is positioned to fairly quickly build these and deliver these. Um, so I think you're right. I, I think if they have a hit, we could be seeing more of these and more of these fairly quickly coming to a park near you. Yeah. Six Flags St. Louis, please. Let's bring it. <laughs> yes. Good idea. Uh, speaking of rides that are already open, Mission Ferrari at uh, Ferrari World in Abu Dhabi. It's uh, open right now. There's actually some point-of-view videos on YouTube, but again, they just don't show, I think, how great the ride is. And this ride, I think, Arthur, was under construction for a long time. They were working on it for a while, but it's finally open. Uh, but this, again, is a great combination roller coaster and dark ride. Yeah, that seems to be a theme. There are quite a few coasters that were long, long delayed, and this is certainly one of them. Uh, this, is, I believe, is probably has the longest gestation period. Um, yeah. it, it was many, many years in the making. This is uh, the first SFX coaster from, a, from Dynamic Attractions. It is not only a coaster, but also a dark ride. And again, this is something we talked about last week, another uh, another trend that we're seeing. And this, perhaps more than maybe any other one, looks like it's really a sophisticated dock ride as much as it is a roller coaster. Um, but in terms of the in terms of the coaster itself, it has a lot of intriguing elements, one of which is, uh, I believe they call it a side slide. So the coaster train kind of turns sideways and and slides downhill. Uh, which is, is a bit hard to describe, um, but must be really neat to experience, I would imagine. And I don't know exactly whether this particular 
um, SFX coaster includes any of the other elements, but I know in the past Dynamic Attractions has talked about that uh, it could include things like a drop track, a tilt track, a gyro table. Um, so they're really trying to sort of throw all these different elements in there to really um, mix things up and also provide a thrilling experience um, and, and also do it in a relatively small footprint, I think. But in addition to the coaster, it has this, this, this whole um, story element about, you know, you're on a mission and it, uh, uh, you, you have to, I think, save a vehicle or something being delivered or something like that. Uh, it, it, it has to do with a Ferrari, obviously, but there are um, all kinds of um, sets and screens and, and, and uh, show elements that are in here uh, that make this as much a dock ride as it is a coaster. Yeah, and I really like what they did. I mean, the little bit that I could see, uh, you know, because I think a lot of it is like, you know, the, the, a lot of the experience is dark. Uh, but just the reaction, sometimes you can tell, even if you can't tell what's going on in the ride, you hear the reactions of the riders and you're like, oh, that must be pretty good if they're all screaming or all like cheering at that moment. So I like it. But just that the sheer amount of scenes that they put into that uh, combined with some pretty cool roller coaster elements uh, make that ride look really, really good. Good. Yeah. And this is a park that I have not been to. Uh, obviously, it has the world's fastest coaster, Formula Rasa. I, I do mm-hmm. hope to make it out there someday. There's an awful lot of great things happening in uh, the Middle East, in, in Abu Dhabi, uh, in Dubai. And, and I, I do hope to get out there someday. And this is, you know, Mission Ferrari coaster is definitely one of the things that I'm hoping to see should I make it out there. Yeah. The good part about that part of the world is that if you do pay for the ticket to get out there, there's a lot to see in not only just theme parks, but, you know, so much out there. So right. that's that's cool. That's cool. Uh, the ride that I uh, previewed and uh, talked about before we went to the break was Aquaman Power Wave, a ride that I'm excited about. I, I don't necessarily love water rides, but I really like this yeah. because it combines some pretty good thrills along with some great technology. Uh, in order to give a roller coaster ride and then quickly fill the pool with water so that it can give you a splash on the on the final drop of the ride. I, I love this idea. Well, we were just talking about delayed coasters. This is another one. I think we've talked about <laughs> this in, in our preview for the last three years, I believe. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think people have a pretty good sense of what it is. Um, and like you said, uh, it, it's it's basically just a u-shaped track that goes back and forth it's a shuttle coaster but on the last pass um while the coaster is hanging up on the spike the water pool fills up and it makes this huge splash so it is a combination water ride and coaster truly a, a combination water ride coaster and um it, it was delayed so much that they were able to make it uh, I, I think they were able to put in that turntable so that they're able to have two trains and one can be loading yeah. while the other one is 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 on the uh, on the track, uh, which should make the capacity you know much much better than it would have been if, if it had only been a one train operation. Yeah. yeah, this this one really excites me for the same reason so many of the other uh, rides on this list excite me is because it's different and new. It's a, it's a totally new experience. And I guess it's kind of the opposite of my reaction to, you know, the RMC Wildcat, where it's something we've seen before. But this this is this is really neat. And I just want to see how it works, what the experience is like, uh, because it isn't like anything that we've ridden before. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. Sure, it's. I want to see it in person, and they say the splash is supposed to be really something else. So I'm excited, man. And like we, so like we said last week, Six Flags does not have a lot of new uh, rides and attractions opening this year. The uh, Pischetti Bowls were just recently announced, but this will be one of the major attractions opening. Uh, Granted, it's it's long delay, but it's great to see the uh, Six Flags Over Texas getting this this new ride. One last one here, guys, and uh, I, I we put a big one here at the end, and this is one I'm excited to see what the reaction is going to be. People are already excited by uh, the point of view video that they put out and all the animation. Uh, Airy Force One at Fun Spot Atlanta, uh, really cool to see this type of ride uh, come to that park. Yeah, I'm curious what what uh, EB thinks about this one. Um, this is another RMC coaster, although it is not a conversion. This will be a ground-up ground RMC up. iBox yeah, yeah. coaster. And it'll be similar in, in many ways to Wildcat's Revenge in that it, it kind of hits you know similar stats. It's going to be 146 feet tall, an 83-degree drop. It's going to hit 64 miles an hour. So in many ways, it'll be similar to the original iBox coasters, as, as I was mentioning before. Uh, for a little teeny park like... Um, like Fun Spot America or Atlanta, this is a major, major addition and really should put it on the map. And um, I think it's it's great that they're doing this. Yeah, it, it's a ridiculously scaled roller coaster for the park that it's going into. Um, it's it's crazy. So we talked, we joke about the zero G stalls. This is going to have the largest zero G stall in 16 airtime moments. So I think they're going all in mm-hmm. with RMC when they said it's a ground up RMC. They, or when they asked for a ground up RMC, they said, now make it like the best of what rmc can do so we're not taking an old roller coaster that is doing the twists and turns going crazy back and forth and lobbing you around like we see so much on the conversions this one really feels like you're just kind of on this adventure right this is the airy force one it's you're you're a plane right it's themed a plane you're flying along you're doing some barrel rolls and some maneuvers and things like that but it doesn't seem to me like it's going to be jerking you around as, as much as some of the other um, RMC roller coasters do, which, and I think this one might have a different ride experience, therefore, that people are really going to love. And the fact that it's in a small park, I think that really, really makes makes it more special um, just because you don't have anything else to ride. This is the big one that's going to be mm-hmm. down there at Fun Spot. Yeah, and, and I think what's what's cool about this is that the designers, the, the, um, the designers at RMC were not hindered in any way by having to deal with an existing coaster and an existing mm-hmm. layout, an existing footprint. They kind of, you know, just had a blank sheet of paper and said, go to town, have fun. So it, it, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with the RMC iBox concept, uh, starting with a blank slate. So, um, yeah, and, and, and I agree with you. The, the whole goal here is to make you feel like you're a fighter pilot, I guess. And, um, looks like it has some really cool elements and um, would be a reason for me to get down to this little tiny park. Yeah, for sure. And and I love that it's right there on the road too. So this is going to, you know, when you say put the park on the map, it's going to put the park on the map for people um, that, that live in the area because you're going to see this thing um, every time that you drive past it. It's going to be cool. There we go. So we've come to the end of our list. We've now gone through 27 different rides and attractions for 2023. And we said at the beginning of this week's show that we would pick not only which one we thought everyone in the world will think is the best new attraction of 2023, but for us personally, because we all like different types of things. So what do you guys think? I mean, Air Force One might be up there in terms of one that everybody loves. 
that uh, that might know. be the winner for enthusiasts. I think yeah. the the surf coaster down at SeaWorld Orlando might be one if it works and is as as fun as they're hoping it's going to be. Uh, the big question mark for me is Primordial at Lagoon. We know it's yes. not going to be super intense because of the the height requirement, the the track work that we can see. We can see it's not doing you know any crazy maneuvers at least outside the mountain. But we don't know enough about what this roller coaster is going to be. So that's a question mark for me. Um, the I don't think I'm going to make it down to Coda Park. Those would be the ones that I personally am most excited about and would want to ride the most is Circuit Breaker and Palindrome just because they're so weird and different. Um, but the two rides that I'm most excited about because I'm actually probably going to get to ride them. Um, is it Matugani at Lost Island? I really am going to make an effort to get up to Lost Island Amusement Park yep. and Adventureland um, in Iowa this summer. And then of course, Indiana beaches, dryer looping is definitely on the list for me. There you go. How about you? Arthur? I think in terms of coasters, um, just a pure coaster experience, I think circuit breaker certainly, uh, is, is quite intriguing as is pipeline, the surf coaster for the reasons that, that EB mentioned. Those, those are the ones that kind of speak out to me, but you know, in terms of what I think will have the most impact and, 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 and I, I'm also, you know, greatly anticipating it. I think Tron light cycle run is really the kind of the attraction mm-hmm. to be, although Mario Kart uh, Bowser's challenge at super Nintendo world also is very, very intriguing. Um, so those would be kind of the two attractions, I guess, uh, that <clears throat> I, I think will be the most anticipated. Um, and then I guess I'm sticking with pipeline, the surf coaster and circuit breakers being the two coasters. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, when we do uh, every year at Coaster Radio and a lot of podcasts and a lot of, you know, media organizations do like, you know, the best new attraction of the year. I, I think this is the first year where it's not a slam dunk. I mean, every year we've ever done it, we sort of know what the big attraction is going to be. You know, Iron Gwazi one year or Steel Vengeance another. You just know what it's going to be. This year, I, I don't know if it's easy to pick one. I mean, at, at first I'm looking at the list and I, you would think Airy Force One. You know, because it's a ground up, like a, a a brand new RMC roller coaster. Uh, but then you could look at maybe Wildcats Revenge too, or or Tron Light Cycle Run. You know, um, although the reason I I shy away from saying that could be the what everybody's top one is is because it's a clone of what we've seen in Shanghai. So maybe that's that's not it. But I don't know. There's so many other things in here. Like you said, EB Primordial could surprise everybody and be fantastic. Um, I, I don't know. I'm most curious to see what they do with Dark Coaster at Bush Gardens. I want to see how far that goes in terms of what's in that show building. Yeah, and- see, I think it comes down to what's your home park. That's what that's what gets you most excited, right? Yeah, so Dark Coaster. Yeah. But but how but, uh, how cool is it that we're we're kicking around all these different attractions this year? I think it's kind of neat that one doesn't necessarily rise to the top. Yes. And you could be right, oh, yeah. Mike. I think Dark Coaster could be the sleeper here depending on what they do with the with the show elements. There could be really something intriguing there. And and since last week, we've learned that they're going to have a preview center there. So they must right. have something kind of cool to show off that they're really, you know, they want people to get excited about. So it's making me more excited. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw somebody do a Planet Coaster creation of what they thought Dark Castle could be. And of course, like with Planet Coaster, you can, you know, there's only so much you can do in terms of theming and stuff like that. But what made me as excited was how long the ride was. And they did it exactly to the specs of what they think it's going to be. And you're in that show building for quite a while, you know, to give 
the second train time to load. So I, I'm curious about that. I'm, I'm really excited. But you're right, Arthur. So many great attractions here. We we did 27, but there are more than that at parks all around the world. And we'll try to talk about those on Coaster Radio as we continue through this season. But Man, it's it's exciting times to be a fan of this stuff for sure. It is, it is, and it's an exciting time to be writing about them and sharing the news with with folks, as I do at about themeparks.fun, If I can mention that again, um, yes, my, yes, my my Substack, um, it's it's great. I get so excited this time of year. It's you know the kind of the the doldrums of winter here in New England. Uh, it's bitter cold today, but. I always get excited and pumped up when I talk to you guys and can't wait to head out to the parks and try some of these and, you know, maybe come back on and we can talk about what actually happened as we experience these attractions uh, later in the year. Absolutely. In fact, that might even be something we want to do at the end of the season, you know, even like in September or something, go back and kind of talk about all of these and recap where we were right, where we were wrong. I think See, and, and which which rides we actually got to go and experience and ride on. And, and, and I wanted to say, speaking of experiences, we've been talking about the Tron coaster. And, and I think I mentioned that I have never seen the Tron movies. Um, and I kind of got some flack for that because we were talking about the Tron coaster. And I was like, I don't even know why they're doing Tron. So I watched Tron. Um, between the last episode and this episode, the original one, yeah, the original one, mm-hmm. and I will give you all my 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 review after the credits. So stick <laughs> oh wow, okay, very good. See, that's why everybody's got to hang tight. You got to listen to the credits, and then you hear Tron review. I like yeah, that. okay, that's coming. All right, good. Well, now I just want to get through the credits so I can hear Let's your go. review of Tron. That's good. All right. Well, Arthur, thank you so much though. Thanks for being here not only this week but last week as well. Uh, we couldn't do these shows without you, so it's it's so great to have you. It's yeah, everybody- my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I really enjoy this and look forward to it every year. Yeah, go find Arthur at um, abouttheparks.fun. Get on there. So much good content coming out, of, um, coming out of Arthur. So thank you so much, Arthur, for joining us and taking the time. Yeah. That's right. And we also could not do the show without all of you out there as well. We thank you guys so much for supporting the show week after week, telling your friends about it. Um, we do the show for you guys. You know, it's, it's, We're so happy to have you all out there. Uh, we also want to thank the people who support the show through patreon.com slash coaster radio. There are a ton of perks there, aren't there, EB? I mean, different levels of support, uh, but lots of fun perks, including things that you send them personally. Uh, lots of great stuff happening at patreon.com slash coaster radio. Yeah, go check it out. Patreon.com slash coaster radio. You can join the snail mail club where I send you stuff in the mail. I'll send you something on your birthday. Um, we try to get our, our, our meetups and our executive producer meetup happening. Um, we're, we were talking about doing a happy hour maybe to celebrate the, uh, the, the 2023 preview, Mike, as we look ahead. Maybe everybody can join in on a happy hour for Patreon folks. We also have our Discord, which is great. That's available, I think, just about every single pledge level there at patreon.com slash coaster radio. You can also pledge um, month to month or get the whole year and then you get a month for free. So that's a great way to do it too. So do check it out. Patreon.com slash coaster radio. Yes, we want to thank all of our patrons, but those at the $20 level get their name read on the show. They're Alex Payne, Brian Cosson, Brian Wackler, Chris Rankin, Cincinnati Nick the Sweatshirt Guy, our friends at Club Z, CM Venom, Colton Lickerich, Dan Dyler, David Sakala, Dino, Elliot Atkinson, Grace, John Brody, and Josh Combs. That's right. Also, Karen Lee Howerin, Kevin Wilson, Kyle Kiefer, our friends at Made to Thrill, Matt Walker, Michael Fuco, Mikey Mayo, Paolo De Los Reyes, Randy McMurray, Rich Barber, Rick Burnley, Ryan Delaney, Shane Mankiewicz, Skyline Michelle, Timmy Young, Tom from Louisville, and Zachary Carpenter. We also want to thank our honorary executive producers, Tyler Ray, and our friends over at the Coaster Challenge Podcast. That's right. Also, if you've been listening to these preview episodes and you're excited about planning a trip, 
to go to a park or if you're planning any trip, go to coasterradio.com first. Click the hotels.com logo at the top of the page. Same great deals on booking a room, but a little something comes back to help keep this content coming to you week after week and day after day over there at Theme Park News from coasterradio.com, our daily podcast. Mike and Arthur, Tron is the stupidest, dumbest movie I've ever seen. No, what was that pile of garbage? Now I have a friend. I, I have a friend at work who was encouraging me. He was the one who was giving me the most crap. Like you've never seen Tron? How can you be a nerd? I'm like, okay, fine, I'll watch Tron. And he's like, but you have to think of it in the context of the time. That's right. It's think right. of it in the context of the time. It's it was nice CGI, right? It was in development in the in the late seventies. Think about it. No, <laughs> it's so bad, guys. It's a little so slow, isn't it? Bad. The original Tron is slow. It makes it's- no sense. They work they, they they work at the computer place and then there's like the the evil executive in like the scary dark off you know his black and gray office and he stole the guy's video game and now like the, she convinces the other guy to break into the office like in 2 seconds and so they go and they break into the office and then he gets sucked into the computer but then like the programs are people and there's like boy programs and girl programs who can fall in love and have relationships. And do they go shopping and go on dates in the computer? I don't know what they do. Like the whole thing is just so stupid. But the design aesthetic is kind of cool. And- of course. It, I mean, yes. If you want to go back, I mean, it's it's cool. Just like if I like went into a pyramid and looked at hieroglyphics, be like, wow, for the time, that's really cool stuff. But that's not, I don't know, not that movie. But if all you take away is the design aesthetic, which I think is really cool, it translates really well to the attraction. I think it is it is fan it is fantastic in a film that I have never experienced anything like ever before. I'll say that much, right? This it's go. like it's like going back and watching Xanadu for the first time or something like that. Well, That's what this is. EB, now go watch Tron Legacy. I, just I already got like it, and I already wa- yes. I already saw the CGI Jeff Bridges because I only watched like the first ten minutes of it. So I gotta get I gotta get into it and watch that now. Yeah, uh, the- I mean, because that is some pretty cool visual stuff in there. Even if you're not into the story, I almost much, am, I almost am getting into, and I don't want to get too off topic, but maybe this is the place to do it. I'm kind of feeling like I want to get into a old school '80s '90s CG movie kick. <laughs> And go and find like all of the old bad CG movies. Like I was just remembering Lawnmower Man. Remember that? Oh, sure. I remember (laughs) that. I think that that might have been 90 or or 91 though. So that's not the 80s. But I feel like I want to go back and watch all of the bad old, old school CG that took them, you know, six hours to render each frame. I was reading about how they actually made Tron where they shot it um, not on a chroma key, but they shot it on a black wall. And then they shot the footage in black and white. And that's and then so it's a luminance key. And that's how they got the key. Mike, to get, you know, TV production nerdy on you. That's why they look so funny. Um, Yeah, the whole thing is is very interesting. So, yes, the aesthetic is great. The music is amazing. The whole thing is just a spectacle. The the spinning guy at the end with the face, and then he's like a guy wrapped in a carpet tube. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's all wonderful. But you know what's neat? I mean, stupidest. I had, I honestly had no idea what it was going into it. I have seen pictures of Tron, and I knew about, like, throwing the discs. And I know the game with the light cycles. I do nothing about this movie going into it. And boy, oh boy, <laughs> what a hot mess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like Tron for the design and what like what they were able to do in like 83, 84, and then what they were able to do in 2010. But it was neat when I went to the Walt Disney Studios for a tour uh, years ago. They had props from Tron out at the archives for some reason they were just out in a display case and that was cool to see because what, you're like right it was the all just frisbees and the, and, yeah, the, the, and and the and the hat like that sarkwar and stuff like but it was all just black and white the and hat. you're right that's 
Yeah, like whatever that thing he was wearing. But it was kind of cool to see, and I took a picture of it. And then when I watched the movie, uh, I kind of like you know put it side by you side. Geeked out, and you were like, "Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I seen yeah, it in real life." Screen worn hat. It was kind of cool. So you <laughs> oh know, oh my gosh, that's so funny. But 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 you're right. All black and white, and they were just able to do that amazing visual stuff. You know. Without all the modern day computers and things, it's pretty cool. It is pretty, pretty cool. It, it is pretty cool. And, and it's really cool to see what the Imagineers have done using projection mapping and video and all of the tools that they have in their palette now to recreate that look in in a physical space for yeah. for this attraction. I find it just—I I found it just sort of mesmerizing when I experienced this in Shanghai, and I think people will experience the same thing when they when they go to Florida and 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 experience this. Well, yeah. I, I have not seen Tron Legacy. Is Tron Legacy? They obviously have new technology to be able to create the film. Does it look and feel the same, or does it also look updated? Would you say? And and which is which is the ride? Is the ride kind of both movies, or is the ride all Tron Legacy? I would say it's kind of both movies. Uh, okay, it, cool. to, to, yeah. to my mind. Okay, very cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah, I'm, I well, I'm excited to watch Tron Legacy, and I'll tell you if it's hot garbage next week. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> about that next week. That'll be good. That'll be good. All right, Arthur, guys. thank you again for being here with us. This is great. Thank you for having me. It's always fun being with you guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks to all of you guys as well. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to the original Theme Park Podcast. For CoasterRadio.com, I'm Neil Patrick Harris. Peace out, suckers. CoasterRadio.com is a production of Lift Hill Media, LLC. The show is intended for private use only and may not be redistributed or broadcast without our express written permission. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.